Hello and welcome to another episode of the SoChat podcast with your hosts Amy Nettleton and myself Asif Chowdhury. Say hello Amy. Hello. <laughs> you always tickle me when you do that. She has a different hello every time. Hello uh, Amy. So, <laughs> so today on to uh, telling you all about our guests. So today our guest is Kelly McCabe, who's Managing Director of TMP, The Mortgage People, and a regular to SoChat Conversations. Here's a little bit more info. So starting her career in financial services in 2001, Kelly, you don't look old enough. Uh, Kelly worked as a broker focusing on affordable housing. Uh, Forming TMP in 2005, Kelly has grown the company to become one of the UK's leading specialist shared ownership brokers. Working alongside lenders, government and housing associations, Kelly's focused on continuing her years of work in raising the profile of shared ownership across the UK and her knowledge and enthusiasm for improving shared ownership is well known and she's been instrumental in many positive changes over the years. So Kelly, thank you for joining us and it's a pleasure to welcome you on the SoChat podcast. Thank you very much, thanks for having me. That's some welcome, isn't it, Cal? It's good, isn't it? You've got to, that's because uh... I wrote that myself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And we ask all our guests, you you know yourself better, and, uh, and there'll be people nodding in agreement with all of that anyway. It's all... I need to edit it, though, just to say, and she's exceptionally good looking. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you don't need to edit that part. Everybody knows that, <laughs> Kelly. Everyone knows that. That's why you're not having cameras on this thing. So we're going to – Kelly's hosting a dinner party. Normally, our guests would be just not – well, they might be hosting, but they won't be doing the cooking. So we've got a little bit of a different dinner party guest list here. So three people you can invite to your dinner party, Kelly. Who are they? Well, it has to be present company excluded, obviously, because I, I don't think my life would be worth living if it wasn't Amy. Um, well, no, you should not like you should want to, not just because you feel you have to. <laughs> That's doing the washing. Amy's doing the washing up. <laughs> um, so if it was present company excluded, it would... Do you know, it's a difficult one. And I put some thought into this. Um, number one was an easy one. It's got to be Tim Seward. I think it, everybody needs a bit of Tim Seward in their life. Um, well, yeah. Do not agree? Just Agreed. just uh, it, an hour in that man's company makes you feel inferior as a human being, but restores your faith in humanity. There you go. Tim Seward, big shout mm-hmm. out for Tim. Yeah, yeah, totally agree with that. When you've had um, an hour, you want more than an hour, though, don't you? Oh, God, That's yeah. That's the only drawback. Absolutely. He's an addictive man. Mm. <laughs> okay, number um, two. Robert Jenrick, don't ask me questions why. Well, I can't even get into that one with you. I'm glad I'm not there. But, but do you know what? This is the thing about a dinner party, and I sound like my dad now, which is not a good thing. It's good to have, you know mix it up a bit to get a bit of a debate going but um yeah I'd love to I'd love to be sat in a room with him to ask him some really awkward questions okay that's okay. why not because I really want his company but I'd just love to have him there okay get you yeah we'll tag him into this when we release the episode see what he's got to say for himself <laughs> see if he'll RSVP uh go on and you're number three well, I'll break the rules on it because they're not industry, but you know, um, Michelle Obama. Because if you know, if the if you could have anyone, would you not yeah. want to share a meal with a woman like oh, that? that? Absolutely, just and imagine though, but just imagine putting Michelle Obama and Tim Seward on a table together. Oh, my life is complete. You may as well just like leave, like, there's 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 no no more of a duo that would make you feel inadequate, absolutely. 
absolutely so yeah so they're they're my three choices um, there were there were multiple people it could have been but i felt like that was quite a uh that's a tough gig to get if you're going to get pushed out of a dinner party invite list then those three people and the reasons mind. you've given you're okay with that aren't you amy unless it's yeah. robert jenrick <laughs> yeah no i'll i'll happily i'll happily wash up for sure <laughs> just don't Excellent. do your normal 10 course meal kel because I, I i can't cope with that it's not a 10 course meal it's just a constant eating <laughs> it's just a constant state of eating it's a taster menu yeah just yeah. keep going mm. okay that's good that so I, I like that some nice choices so amy over to you with some serious stuff some <laughs> shared ownership stuff now thank you very much um and probably this may form well it would form part of the debate over the dinner table and that's how I kind of want to take it a little bit really of just a bit of a chat as we always do but wanting to kind of probe some some questions that I know Kelly and I have been asking um in the kind of more of a national forum and and just so much going on and I just think it's good to always check in with you Kelly and let the listeners and and the community check in with you and get your side of things and and sense check of kind of where we are so at the time of recording this it is the last day of the Conservative Party conference so make of that what you will um and we await a continual um well news I would say because everyone's gonna have different opinions on what the headlines are and, and what the news is so what I want to talk about now Kelly is kind of where we are now as of today and I also know that this could be a very different answer even by the time tomorrow or even by the time we publish so um we need to bear that in mind but what I want to talk about really is just kind of the mortgage market generally here you know we're constantly seeing headlines I know you tried to have a week off last week and that was probably the worst week off that you could potentially have with every headline around um, lenders pulling out the mortgage markets in disarray and I know that um, a lot of our colleagues across the sector will have had a lot of calls from their executives around oh my god what's happening in the market where what's going on are we in turmoil all all of those kind of things so talk to us about where we are as we sit today and and what sits behind these headlines that we're actually reading okay um just i suppose this is the the starting point is we didn't see this bit coming but when we where we sit now to look back at it i think lenders haven't withdrawn and I think that's the thing the headline the media are fabulous at some things and awful at others and as we know that everybody loves a scandal um so the headlines don't read wholly true you've got to get some context in there so though lenders haven't withdrawn there's a difference between lenders withdrawing rates and lenders withdrawing Mm -hmm. um they haven't withdrawn they've withdrawn their rates which it might be unpopular opinion again I'm I'm used to having them um but um I don't I don't disagree with what they've done I I know there's been an impact but it's understanding what's happened and why what we what we see in a normal market is that when lenders get busy and that's I'll come back to that but when lenders get busy um or there's movement in interest rates um lenders will reprice high uh, it tends to be when they're busy, they'll reprice high, they push their rates up. Um, they'll then get to um, 
they'll then look to kind of clear their backlogs. Um, what that means is that by pushing their rates high, they don't get as much business. So they're obviously stemming that flow um, mm-hmm. of business coming in. As you can imagine, all of those calls that we're all getting, imagine being a lender right now with the mm-hmm. general public making those phone calls and feeling that pinch with all the interest rate changes. So what lenders didn't do this time is push their rates up to allow themselves some time, because what we see are these artificial highs in the market. And right now, what we don't need are artificial highs. The highs are, are, are enough on their own. Yeah. So lenders have just um, essentially close the doors for a minute as far as new rates go um new business go to allow them to get back on their feet a little bit Mm -hmm. i don't believe that they're going to be entirely up to date by the time they come back but um and they needed some kind of level of certainty they needed something within the market to be able to price accordingly um and i don't I know it doesn't feel like the right thing, but I don't think it was as bad as the alternative. The alternative would have been lenders ramping their rates really high, really quickly, and it sends the wrong messages. So if we understand what's happened, it doesn't mean that there's nothing to be concerned about long term. And it's not to say that rates aren't going to go up, that all of that is still going to happen. But that withdrawal is not as drastic as it sounds. And I think we've got to get things in context. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because this is this happens all the time, doesn't it? This kind of resettling and and reassessing and reappraising. And it's no different to what happened in the market at the beginning of COVID um, or when we had all of that, is it? It, it, the only difference is there was a bit there was more of a liquidity problem at the start of covid and that is not what we're facing now right. banks have money um we at the very start of covid there were concerns over where the money was going to come from and banks obviously just went oh and stopped yeah. um that changed very quickly too but it, what we're seeing is banks as you correctly say um Banks do this all the time, but what they tend to do is they push their rates up to allow it. This time they've just withdrawn to allow it, um, which is better. We just don't need to see those over inflated rates at the moment. No, and I think that's it. And I think it's it, what I wanted to kind of get across is the context of what this means and, and why they do this, because I, I like you say, this isn't explained. And I think that's really, really important to to get some understanding of, um, you know, the difference of, oh, my God, things are getting pulled to actually know this is just a normal kind of a normal practice. Um, and so as we sit now, Kel, what would what would your headline be? Be prepared. I think like a girl guide. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I think I think staying informed and being prepared would be my at the minute. There's there's a lot of change. There's a lot that is happening. And understandably, people are worried. But panic does doesn't achieve anything. Being pragmatic does. And mm-hmm. I think right now we've got to look at and I'm talking at at a customer level but equally you know a housing association level I would imagine it's about where do you sit with risk Mm -hmm. because we've sat for a very long time in a very low risk environment um, and questioning our um, appetite for risk has been negligible really but now we're not now we're in a scenario where do I if I act now this is the outcome Mm -hmm. if I wait it's variable but it could be this so that's all about risk so as a as a customer do I 
the, 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 the things that I do now might cost me more. What I'm talking about in particular is people with mortgages at the moment are saying, should I pay my redemption penalties and yeah. jump on a longer term fixed rate? That's the most common question we're getting. And the answer is not that we can tell you what to do because we can't tell you what's going to happen. But what we can what, tell we you is... We don't know the future. I do, but it, it costs you a lot of money okay, to tell get you. Okay, you, get you. Um, the, um, the advice is do what's right for you right now. And if you're risk, you know, if you're, if you're risk averse, do what's going to help you sleep at night. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're, if you're open to a bit more risk then, and you can afford it, you've got yeah. to be able to afford it. That's the key. So I know that affording it is an open-ended subject at the moment and mm-hmm. we don't really know where that's going to land, but just be prepared, just be informed. Um, I think that would be my key. I think that's really interesting, isn't it? It's do what's right for you and what you think the market can withstand or what you can withstand in a changing market. And I think from even from a consumer and a provider point of view, your point around risk is very true that we haven't really had to um, to really kind of assess that or or move in a market and feel that the market is working against us. Whereas this is probably the first time people are having to make decisions around you know we've we a lot of a lot of people have have not seen in their working time a real hike in interest rates we've been in unnatural low territory for such a long time that this kind of you know incremental rise that we're seeing just feels very alien to a lot of people and um, and that is certainly like you say just managing your risk and making your decisions what's right for you as a person as opposed to what um what you're reading in the press as to what the right thing to do is definitely and you're right about interest rates as well and I know that it's really easy to it's really easy to feel that where we were was normal but we have to remind ourselves that we've been in abnormally abnormally low interest rate period and it was never going to stay there actually where we are right now today is probably a lot more indicative of where we will be in the long run um so I feel like that I don't we're not going to stay where we are at the moment I don't think I think it's fair to say that we kind of know rates have got to go up so we are going to go through a period but I think if anybody's looking to where we were and waiting for us to get back there I I think it's going to be a long wait. No I completely agree so I think I think touching on that and, and moving this like bar a little bit so so like where we are now and I and I want to bring in obviously because we're talking on so chat is um so in that whole market commentary and all of the things that you've spoke about around it, and I think affordability is a big one here where is shared ownership at at the minute where are the shared ownership specific products at and, and lender appetite and um, we'll come on to affordability but equally you know expand on that but I'd also like to understand and maybe for you to get an insight from your side of who what are your customers saying to you or what what what's their appetite for for continuing lending looking like and products um and and has that changed at all yes 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 and yes um <laughs> i think um everything End has changed podcast. yes thanks very much um the Customers, customer conversations have changed. Our customer behaviour has changed. The the drive of our customer has changed. We've seen um, our inquiry numbers have 
dipped off slightly, which is which is to be expected at this time of year anyway. We're back to the pre-COVID um, seasonal shifts, which is, is nice to see. Um, but what we've seen is that those people we're speaking to are that much more driven um, and kind of there's almost a sense of come hell or high water, they want to buy a property. Okay. So we we almost have to step in as the voice of reason a little bit to say, OK, um, and we don't we're certainly not there to stop people buying properties far from it. That's you know, that that has to happen or, or my business yeah. doesn't work. Um, but we're definitely advisors um, and our advice is always to go through everything. Um, it's about getting the right is getting the right setup and I think this is where shared ownership is so key Mm -hmm. um shared ownership yet again for me I know there are flaws within it and I know that that uh, people um are uncomfortable with certain elements of it but the the for me the key bit is the flexibility of it so where we see shared ownership coming into, into its own at the minute is that rent right now represents really good value for money because that 2.75 percent as a maximum realistically um on your purchase is vastly cheaper than the mortgaged end and that's where shared ownership in a market like this it's that slider scale you know when we're in an increasing market and people are struggling to get on the housing ladder it serves people that need to get on at that end and, and gives them a vehicle in which to get onto the housing ladder. In a market that we're in and going into more heavily, I believe that it offers affordability in a different way in that maybe where something was affordable to you before, maybe even on the open market, it now isn't. You're able to move that slider around on shared ownership and find that perfect scenario where things are more affordable. Um yeah. And, and I think we'll, we'll come on to it in a bit, but that is where it plays into new build territory. Um, but maybe we need half an eye, full eye on Definitely. secondary market territory. And this is probably where the products and how we service them and, and, and how we work with our customers are, are probably coming twin track and, and maybe slightly different than than we've done before. Definitely. Definitely, definitely. But, you know, I think the are lenders still lending yes you know the those that have withdrawn are are certainly coming back in they're just getting their products up to date um do lenders want to lend yes definitely um are they changing how they're assessing affordability not a shared ownership thing but as a whole yes absolutely they have to and they've got to you know responsible lending as much as responsible landlords is key when we're talking about anything um shared ownership wise do you think around the affordability question um do you think as providers we should be doing more in that space um and i'm always a bit reticent because this is why we work with fully qualified and trained people like yourselves as advisors but is there is there an additional role for providers to be to be layering on any risk mitigant there um for for the affordability I'm comparing that to the Homes England and kind of calculator that people use as a cursory beginner I don't it's a difficult one to answer because you you've really not you've got to be careful not to stray into the territory of advice and housing associations dictating what is affordable to a customer because I still don't believe that that's the HA's position and that neither do, do, do Homes England but 
I think there is. Do you know? Do you know the act? The, the the most direct way to answer that is to have conversations with your IFAs that work, or your IMAs, I should say, um, that you're working with, because you know we're going through a process at the minute of questioning whether we should be stress testing the rent on okay. assessment and at that point if we do that on your behalf yeah. we're then looking at affordability in a much more realistic capacity yeah. based on the fact that we don't know if interest rates are going to go up next month that's we think they will we don't know yeah. but what we do know is that rents are going up next year yeah. so if we know that's the case we really should be building that into assessment so should you be doing more at the front end should you be doing more as a HA no I don't think so other than being open to the fact that you should be having those conversations with your um, mortgage brokers to make sure they're assessing in the in the way that is is better that the outcomes are better for tomorrow today I appreciate is a is going to be a focus point but I think we're not today's customer is tomorrow's problem sometimes and I think we need to be focused on tomorrow and I think that's right so it's working with providers and specialist specialist brokers like yourselves working together to say look this is where we want a bit more risk cover and and working with you to look at what that structure's like and that could be different from kind of provider to provider but at least that advice is being driven by you guys and not us Yes, 100%. Absolutely. Okay, well, brilliant. So I think then, so kind of where we're at, what I really like to chat about now is where do you think shared ownership specifically is going? Um, And is it still the credible, affordable alternative? Yes, yes, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think... um, there are uh, there are bumps in the road for shared ownership mm-hmm. and I think that that it needs transparency around them mm-hmm. we um as we've already alluded to about the rent rises whilst we're talking about it very much the, the sales end here when we backtrack a little bit and we look at the sales that have happened over the past you know three four five years those those customers well all customers are going to be hit by the same rent rises and we've got to be really mindful of that I don't I honestly don't know what the solution is because I don't housing associations run as businesses you know in their own ways but Mm -hmm. how can we support existing shared owners who are not only going to be hit by cost of living increase potentially if their mortgage rates come into an end they're going to be hit by increased mortgage payments but equally the rent rises so Mm -hmm. to answer your question is it still the affordable I still believe that that in total is probably still a lot more affordable than the alternative which is the you know rental market I would suggest yeah um but is it is it perfect no no, and I think we've we've discussed that, and I think um, it is around the changes that even the new model are bringing in for for new shared owners around the extended lease and the um, kind of commitment and contribution to repairs and maintenance and and lower staircasing and lower shares. I think that that it certainly is moving forward, kind of as, as customer focused as as it can be, mm-hmm. and I think it is around, like you said that 
and the whole cost increase it's not just rents is it rents is an element of that but service charges anything to do with any potential leasehold um, arrangement that you're in so not specifically um designated just to shared ownership solely um shared ownership sits within that within that kind of remit where do you think in terms of the lending environment um shared ownership's going do you think that um in times of where do you think it sits in like where we are now in terms of um economic uncertainty and, and a little bit of market movement where, where do you think it comes into its own or, or has its position i think lenders lenders that are in will stay in i don't see that they would have any particular reason to bail out there's, there's nothing as you've said the the things that are facing customers at the moment are not uniquely shared ownership problems these are across the board um there's actually a different level of comfort when it's shared ownership in the you know the, there is the housing association in the back end there is a portion of that payment that if they weren't to pay their rent but they continue to pay their mortgage mm-hmm. they can essentially take a chunk of their payment out so there's different there's different things facing that that i think the mortgage lenders are going to start to see i do think that um if lenders start to see and to use one of your phrases amy that there is a real lag to what we're we're going to experience right now all the problems that we're kind of sitting talking about we're not going to really see them for a couple of years as far as the back end goes um but lenders lenders are no no less interested in shared ownership um Mm -hmm. they're just right now i don't think it's their main focus at the moment they've got all their resources pushed towards existing customers and um, just basically keeping going. So I don't see that I don't see that there's less interest. I don't think that shared ownership is is less attractive to them. Um, I do think that we will struggle um, to gain any momentum on the sub 25 percent shares now. Mm -hmm. Uh, We I know that there was some some better conversations happening with some lenders around them entering but I think right now is not the time um and I don't know that you're going to see that kind of that kind of lending stepping in at the moment so we probably the two lenders that we've got we're likely to be just them for the foreseeable so where do you think that leaves that product or our approach to it? Do you think it just sits alongside even like the mainstream product that we know can be offered from 25 to 75? Um, and as we know, and we and we talk about a lot, that's been the the kind of standard for such a long time. And, and the average national share runs at like early to mid 40s and always has done. So, and, it, and that's not saying that we don't pick up that lower end of the market because we do. And mm-hmm. um, I suppose it's maybe... And it's probably quite an unfair question of me to ask you. So I do apologise for that. But I suppose it's maybe around providers' approaches and, and decisions on, on how they approach those properties coming through within their programme um, with very minimal um, mortgage lenders available. I think, I think it's I think it's a bigger it's a bigger thing. You could probably do a whole podcast just based on sub 25 percent shares. Um I think the the question is who is right for that, and it's it's a bigger question around are lower shares better than higher shares, and should we be there's a 
this is this is more in the spotlight at the moment because of the the guaranteed rent increases that that people are going to um feel over the next couple of years so is and this was why robert jenrick would be my dinner party <laughs> guest just to bring it back round um what on earth made you think this was a good idea um <laughs> I think in certain areas that lower shares are they're definitely needed. There are there are certain areas of London where those lower shares will definitely help some people. And I'm not denying that at all. But I think the un, the unrealistic um, dream of home ownership being suggested from 10 percent across the country. Yeah, just it's un, it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't it doesn't work. Um, and, and I think. I think suppose what I'm getting at is from from a provider point of view, you know, do you make the decision? Um, and is it and is are we going to see that movement in providers to go? Do you know what? Yes, there are customers available at that ten to twenty four percent, but their only option to purchase that is a cash route, or they can't maximise as much as we would want them to maximise. Or and there's kind of a bit of a melting pot, really, of of where the sector and providers go in terms of marketing that and being able to credibly sell that that offering. I do, yeah, I just but the, there are certain scenarios where unless it's a cash purchase, it just simply doesn't work for people. No. Affordability doesn't it doesn't move on a constant uh, up and down affordability gets to a point where it just simply isn't affordable as home ownership for you um and so I think it's fraught with problems and I think the problem is the biggest problem for me is the is the message to our customers is that home ownership is available from 10 percent but the reality of that is so very different and I think it's it's un I think housing associations with you can't say you can't say we're not going to offer it I understand that but I think what you'll find in reality is that you'll have a lot of schemes where it just simply won't materialize because lender affordabilities customer appetite it's a common misconception as well that customers want to buy the lowest share they can they don't they just don't they want to buy as much as they can um so I think it's it was a headline and and well done you got a headline but everything else is just (laughs) okay so my final kind of chat and stint with you is around what's next um and this changes like we only need to open our eyes and look at twitter or turn on the news every morning and something else has has happened or some other some other headline is is uh, with us um so Obviously, we've talked about the new product anyway. Happy for you to touch on that again if you feel relevant. But I think what's next mainly for kind of shared ownership, home ownership um, in such uncertain market terms, macro and micro economics, my GCSE economics coming in there, (laughs) my tutor will be very pleased. Um, I think and there's so much kind of political and economic change all the time I mean I just this is how old I am I just turned off LBC before report recording this podcast and um you know it feels like that movement of politicians is happening again in the background are we going to see yet another leadership race potentially forming and I'm you know I know you haven't got all the answers for this but this all impacts on kind of consumer customer and um, lender behavior market behaviors around 
such uncertainty and turmoil in how our country is being run um, and potentially could change again and the impact that that has on um, our markets and, and where we stand. Do you know that everything everything changes as you say and right, I think <laughs> I think um, <laughs> never forget oh no I won't, I won't carry on the tape <laughs> that stuff um, I think it's important to to not prophesize at the moment um and there's there's a real um there's a real I do I have conversations all day every day at the moment and I'm trying to say is that there is so much that could happen there's so much that that will happen but we really need to focus on the here and now um we can only deal with facts we can only deal with what's what we see there are some there are some things to be taken from looking at the detail. Um, you know, if we were to get another leadership race, if we were to see a general election, if we were to so much, and I can't even begin to imagine what that would mean for the market. <laughs> but where we sit right now, when you look at interest rates, and if we just focus on that for a second, when you look longer term, longer term fixed rates are a lot more stable. So the storm is... It, it happening we're here but it feels like those people that are way more intelligent and vastly better educated than me are looking at this saying this is not for good this is there is an end to this um because the longer term rates are a lot more stable we're seeing longer term fixed rates much more affordable um so i think I don't know everything by the time we publish this everything could have changed you know Liz could have come on and um decided to yeah, U-turn well, you turn on everything busy busy um, and I think I think just going on before what's really important which I love about that is which you and um, we had a discussion on the other week around um your kind of helpful mortgage market update that you do and actually drawing our attention to those longer term rates and not getting so fixated so it is a case of look let's just deal with what's the here and now but also do look up and do look at what how lenders are pricing things and, and what their appetite is and where they're positioning things you know for a four or five year fixed it isn't it isn't um it isn't too scary is it it's not it's not and but that could change and that's why i'm saying it's not to ours is not to uh, to sit and say that it's definitely going to be that but if the long term forecasts are for fairer weather, then I think we just have to, you know, weather the, the storm that we are heading into and there's no getting around it. We are. Um, but it's short lived, we would hope. Um, and I think that's the best that we can hope for at the minute. Well, I think that's a good thing to end my questioning on ASIF. I think that's the best we can hope for at the minute. As ever, Kel, um, really useful, I think, just to get a bit of context behind what everybody's seeing and the pressures and stuff. And I think what would be probably really useful is maybe we re-record something even in three months time and, and see where we are and just revisit and probably have this as a as a quarterly kind of slot of like, right, what's going on at the minute and and, and where are we? So as always, and, and I'm not bitter that you didn't invite me to your dinner party, but um, thanks. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. It's, it's been really a pleasure. From the uh, quarterly update from the uh, UK's leading mortgage broker of shared ownership products. Is that correct? I'll rewrite my thing next time and just drop the really good looking bit in for you. 
perhaps you don't forget yeah. to mention it. And and leading mortgage broker of shared ownership too, products. Yeah, Is that but, correct? Yeah. I'm probably I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will. Uh, so Kelly, uh, fascinating stuff, and uh, I know the listeners are going to enjoy that. But it's very topical, very much everything what's happening, and um, I certainly enjoyed listening to that as well. So we're going to share your contact details in the show notes. But if people can't wait that long, just and they're listening now. What's your website address? What should they do? How to connect with you? So uh, it's tmpmortgages.co.uk and I'm on Twitter as chirpy underscore Kelly, I think, or chirpy Kelly. I can't remember. It will be in the notes, Asif. They'll find you. (laughs) They'll find you. So just and speaking of finding, you'll find this podcast on Spotify, Apple and on our website, sochat.co.uk. please do leave a rating and review if you're listening on Spotify and Apple and you can follow us on Twitter at Socha Hour. So Kelly, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. And um, Amy, what a fantastic episode. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, both.